Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we chat with Winnipeg Sun Sports Editor Ted Wyman about some controversial new rule changes that could be coming to world curling. What are they and why are curlers upset? Tune in to find out on the podcast. We turn our attention to curling, which we haven't talked much about in a while because it was summer, but... The curling season is getting going and kind of normal and Olympic trials are coming up soon and pre-trials and convoluted pre-pre-trial stuff that I've tried to explain before. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about new rules that could be, uh, well, will be looked at by the World Curling Federation. And Ted Wyman is here to shed some light on this. Ted, how are you doing tonight? Doing great, Christian. And uh, you're right. It does seem almost weird to be talking about curling so early on, but there definitely has been some big news. Mm-hmm. And the the stew sells classic or tanker that's that's always a September thing. So that, there is curling actually happening right now. So it's it's fair. Yeah, it's fair. Those uh, events don't usually get much attention, but no. when something gets released by the WCF, like was this week, when it comes to um, an announcement about rule changes that are pretty drastic, uh, definitely it catches people's attention. Mm-hmm. So yes, they, it was kind of a Friday news dump. I I talked about it on my show Friday, but just for those who missed it. Uh, let's go over what the rule changes are, Ted. Uh, what's the so you got thinking time per end instead yep. of thinking time for the whole game? Explain this yep. and what you've heard from curlers about it. Well, so what they're going to do is it's four minutes per end for the first five ends, four minutes and fifteen seconds for every subsequent end, and that will replace the thirty-eight minutes of thinking time for all ten ends, which. Uh, has been used for many years and um, you know it it was tested at the 2018 Canada Cup it was widely panned by the curlers they didn't like uh, that that situation they felt like it rushed the thirds and the skip shots in pretty much every end and didn't leave them any opportunity to say bank time so that they could use that at the end of the game um, when the most critical shots were being discussed and uh that's something that I think most curlers don't particularly like, especially in Canada. Now, I don't have international reaction on this, Christian. I have Canadian reaction, and Canadians do not particularly like that rule. They think that it's going to diminish the game, um, but it's one that has been looked at, and it's, again, it's very much, I think all of these rules are very much about trying to make the sport a little bit better for television. And obviously, Canadians do um, appreciate it for what it is, despite, you know, within the broadcast that they've been seeing for many years. But maybe it's harder to sell for people in different countries, and that's what they're looking for. Well, and a- another thing is they mentioned that they've received negative feedback when it comes to blank ends. They'd rather have fewer blank ends, and they, they feel that maybe this will discourage that, and especially the no-tick shot rule. That's going to yeah. discourage blank ends as well. Now that a tick, you can't do a tick shot basically within the same parameters as a taking out a guard. So it becomes part of the, the free guard zone. What have you heard on that one? Well, I think most curlers like that one. But the truth is the tick shot is only a factor in the ninth and 10th ends of curling games. It's not, it's not used at any other point in the game. So it doesn't really have any kind of an effect on blank ends, in my opinion. It has an effect on... Um, on being able to uh, steal points realistically in the late ends. Now, uh, the the, the WCF quoted a stat which said that 90% of teams that have the hammer going into the extra end 
win the extra end, and that is probably quite true. The tick shot almost certainly being taken out of that. Um, And just for listeners who don't know what a tick shot is, it basically means that if a rock is in the free guard zone, which is, which means the free guard zone means you cannot hit any of the first five rocks that are in play if they're above the house and um, you can't hit them out of play, but you can move them. Uh, That was the old rule. The new rule will be that you can't move them at all if they're touching the center line. And so, um, it's going to create a situation where the team that doesn't have hammer is going to have a much better chance of sinking a rock in behind cover and having a chance to win the game. And I think that every curler I talk to about this, and I've talked to about five or six, maybe seven so far, they actually like this rule because they think it's going to make that more entertaining. But if you go to the next rule that you've already that you're about to uh, talk about, I'm sure it doesn't make a lot of sense because taking out the tick rule really would have helped teams in the extra end and make those more interesting. But the next rule is that they're going to remove extra end play entirely. So this rule is instead of going to an extra end because they want to expedite the process and again, fit it into a television window, teams will just have a draw to the button and the closest win. So it's essentially, if you're, if you're looking at an NHL equivalent you're getting rid of the five-minute the five minute overtime and just going to a shootout. Or if it's basketball, you give each guy a shot from half court and first one who makes it wins. It's kind of – I understand, again, the point. They're trying to make it quicker, but I think this completely devalues the, the – fa- if you're tied at the end of 10, that extra ends are fun. Like, that's tension. This is nothing. Yeah, you're talking about 100 years of tradition of, of how curling is played and, and how you manage your game – um, all the way through the late ends. In fact, if you are the team that's in control and you're up by two and you're going to the ninth end, you, or the tenth end, I should say, up by two, you generally are playing that end as though, well, we'd rather just give up one, but if we give up two, it's not the end of the world. We're going to have the hammer in the extra end and have the better chance of winning that game. Well, that's going to be taken right out of your hands. You will have to play that end completely differently because you know, if it goes to a tie, it is going to go to that extra um, draw to the button, and the winner of the draw to the button is going to get an extra point. It's going to be a 3-2-1 point system, three for an outright right win, two for a draw to the button win, and one for a draw to the button loss, and that will impact how the standings are done. And, I mean, the interesting thing about this, um, in my opinion, Christian, is that the World Curling Federation set out to um, – come up with a really to look at switching from 10 ends down to eight ends. The grand slam of curling has been doing eight end curling for quite a long time. And it's been expected by many of the curlers and myself and many of the people who cover it in the media regularly, that the world curling federation would go to eight ends after the 2022 Olympics. And the decision has been made here to try something different, to not go to eight ends, to keep it at 10 ends, but to not have an extra end that's going to, get outside the broadcast window. And one of the things that I've been hearing from some people is that the thinking there is that um, why as broadcasters, wouldn't you want to have those two extra uh, commercial time slots for those two ends to get to 10 ends, as opposed to doing eight ends. And then you still get a commercial time slot, but then you go to this draw to the button. So as Darren Molding, who is the third for Brenda Botch's team, they won Canada last year, represented Canada at the Worlds. As he said, you know, it's, it's a bit frustrating to curlers when you know it's all about uh, appeasing broadcasters 
and not so much the integrity of the game. And that's where many, many people have a lot of problems with what they're doing here. But the flip side of that, Ted, is that curling is bigger than it's ever been now. And True. the sports television industrial complex, all the sports are revolving around television because that's how sports make money is being on well, television. True. And as you know, I mean, we're coming off of a COVID year where in many of the cases, that's all it was. In fact, with curling, that is all it was. It was entirely a made-for-TV sport. And if they survive the year, it's because of broadcasters. So do you want to appease broadcasters at this point in time? I'm sure you do, because you never really know where things are going to go from here. Obviously, bringing in fans is a huge part of curling, but you know, you never know when something's going to happen that's going to make that more difficult. And I, I did respect very much the opinion of Brandon Botcher. Uh, I talked to him yesterday and he said, well, I really feel like we need to get behind these rules and, and start preparing to play them and not just, um, not just start preparing to play them, but his suggestion right away was that Canada needs to adopt them almost immediately. Uh, they're not going to do it before the Olympic trials. That wouldn't make sense because you've got to play the rules that are going to be used at the Olympics. But after the Olympics at the Briar and the Scotties, maybe at junior championships, maybe at various things like that, Canada needs to start playing under these rules and getting ready because they're going to go to the world championship and those are the rules that are going to be in place. So, um, you know, he's very much on the let's embrace this, it's going to happen, let's not fight it uh, way of thinking. And, you know, you have to respect that. I do want to just add quickly, Christian, that in speaking with Nolan Thiessen from Curling Canada yesterday, he said um, it's his belief that the World Curling Federation has not set this in stone yet. They did. Uh, it was recommended by a committee. It was approved by the General Assembly, but there's still some consultation to be done before they formally do approve the fact that it will be used at the World Championships. It's definitely well on the way, though. And it's on a trial basis, so it's going to be used this upcoming cycle in the Worlds in 2022, and then they'll go from there? That's the plan, yeah. You go and you use it at these worlds, and particularly they want to do it at these worlds because um, it's right after the Olympics. There is no Olympic qualifying involved. It's it's kind of a down year for start the start of a new cycle in right? that sense. Right, it's the start of a new cycle, and and you can you can really test it. And and the, the World Curling Federation doesn't have that many events where they can test things. You know, like they they own the World Championships, so that's a place where they can say. We're going to test it, and it becomes very important for uh, the future of the game, uh, how that works. And obviously that also doesn't, you know, we, we do know the reaction of Canadians. We don't know the reaction of people around the world. And as Brandon Botcher said yesterday, the curling uh, community in other parts of the world is much younger than it is in Canada and probably less resistant to change. That being said, I don't really understand why you would want to take some of those aspects of the game out. Um, I, I, I just, I, I don't think I, as a person who observes this from all sides, I don't think that I, I like the idea of of having a game decided in such a gimmicky fashion. I agree with the tick shot rule. I think that's decent. I, th- I think the, the lack of an extra end bugs me a lot, and the timing rule. I've, 
as someone who is such a such a bad curler and time has never been a thing when I curl, it's always something that I, I can never truly grasp the importance of time until it's the 10th end and Kevin Cooey has 48 seconds to throw his stone. It always seems to be Kevin Cooey, but yeah. the the reality is curling has been tinkering with a lot of stuff over the last number of years, and Curling Canada has changed the formats of its championships so many times. you got to be able to adapt at some point. The question is, are we just looking at all the things when the obvious solution is right in front of us, and that's just going to eight ends? Yeah, that's exactly what I think, and that's certainly what some of the other people that I talk to think. It's like you had an easy solution in front of you, you go to eight ends. You know, another thing that has been talked about is, is you know, losing the hammer if you blank an end, and that has been talked about a lot at the world curling level, and they obviously chose not to do that, but that is something that they could have done, and, uh, you know, th- that would have been radical as well, but I think curlers were more prepared for that idea. You know, they were prepared for eight ends. They were prepared to potentially lose the blank end, um, but they were not prepared for what came out, in fact, Brad Gushu used the term blindsided and, you know, uh, many of the other curlers that I talked to had similar sentiments. And the unofficial scientific poll on the Winnipeg Sun website asking readers, do they like this change? 93% said no. So no, exactly. And so, like I said, Canadians are not fans of that kind of change, but wouldn't Canadians likely have been the ones that were least on board with the shootout in hockey or three on three, over time, I do think we probably would have been because that's our sport. It's a traditional sport, and you want to keep things the same. Um, you know, for a lot of us, that's how we feel. So I do get that we're probably the most likely people to be against something like that or to resist it. But those kind of reactions that we're seeing, Christian, from fans, the emails I've been getting, to me, that suggests like you're really trying to fix something that's not broken. And I don't think that, uh, you know, if, if your greatest audience is in Canada, but you want to grow it in other places, do you really want to reduce your audience in Canada by cheapening the game so that you can grow it elsewhere? I don't think so. This is going to be a really, really significant time for the World Curling Federation to see how this goes over. I look forward to keeping track of how it goes and having you on plenty more times over the next number of months as curling season gets going. Ted, appreciate your time as always. Have a good night. All right, Christian, have a great one. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell. Until we meet again. And thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you over the day. You may not share our intellect.